Oh yeah. So Chili's I don't know if any of y'all are watching this on YouTube, but Chili's sitting over here with his jacket draped across his legs because he's sick. Claims he's sick. I think he just didn't get enough sleep last night. He reminds me of my old bus driver, Miss Patterson. Um, Miss Patterson drove me for years through my high school years. Miss, no, 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 no. It would have had to been through my elementary school years because we were living off of Wilburn Drive. Yeah. So that would have been my elementary school or whatever years. Some school year. Yeah. Multiple. And Miss Patterson was old. And to tell, I'll tell you to, the type of heathen that I was <laughs> back then. Miss Patterson in the wintertime, or even in the summer, she would drive the bus with a blanket over her legs like that. She was mean, son. You Bus drivers are generally mean. Yeah, did did y'all ever have them. a... They got put up with you, kids like you all day. I never rode the bus. Oh, okay. That was a car. Did you ever have a mean bus driver? I don't remember much bus riding. I mean, I've, I've rode the bus. I just don't remember much about it. I have I got bus amnesia. <laughs> Son, I stayed in trouble on the bus. I got suspended from the bus multiple times. Um I just I was not a good bus rider. But, you know, Miss Patterson, she'd uh sat there like that and I had a buddy back then in in school. He could suck air in his butt. <laughs> he could <laughs> I remember him. How did he show you? You talking about fleet? Yeah. I'm not kidding you. How did he show you that? He could put his feet up on the seat in front of him, and and you could hear it. <laughs> That's some old discipline right he there, could, ain't it? He, I swear to you, he could do this. He could suck air into his butt, and you could hear. like <laughs> it, was like, it was like a <laughs> It was like a reverse fart. You Are you sure? Reverse fart. Are you sure it wasn't going out? Yeah, I, I posited because he would do this, and then immediately after, he could fart on demand. Like it's like, like a fart on standby. <laughs> it's like you load your single shot rifle and you've got your your I, bullet on standby. I've never known anybody else that could do this. I, and I, you know, I when I was a kid, I tried to do it. I was like, man, I thought that's freaking cool. <laughs> This dude can just do this and fart like a big fart on demand. Can anybody else listen to this suck air in their butt? Is this? <laughs> That's insane, dude. I, I, I remember him doing it. Yeah, he, I mean, you can do it with your, like, burp, you know. Yeah, no, he but could like, straight up Nobody do can do that with a butthole. I guarantee you this cat could <laughs> do could it. He could fart on demand. Like, without a doubt, this guy could do it. Unless and he just... I don't know. I, there's no, there's like no getting around it. He he did it, and so he would. What he would do is, when we were getting close to our bus stop, he would suck a massive <laughs> load of air into his butt, and then as we were getting off the bus, he would turn and just rip the terriblest farts on right on Miss Patterson. 
as he as he turned to go down the steps off the bus, right? And by the time Miss Patterson knew she was getting farted on, he would be off the bus. Um, Wait, so he could he could sit at the back, load one up, walk to the front, and and then do it, let it go when he wanted to. Yeah. Good. Gosh. I am straight up not lying to you, dude. That's a talented ten year old. Yeah. And so, I actually think. Now, when I had a natural fart, I would participate in this also. Farting on Miss Patterson. I actually think we got suspended off the bus for doing that. Yeah, I remember. I remember mom and... Yeah, I don't remember what they did, but I remember them getting on to you. For yeah. Me. I mean, we, we didn't think that you could get suspended for farting. Why would you get suspended for that? It's disrespectful, man. You don't fart on an old, cold woman. Oh, come on. Get over it. Chad also got in trouble for peddling Pokemon cards <laughs> in middle school. You remember that? I think I did, yeah. You peddled all them cards, that boy, and I don't remember why you got in trouble for that. Oh, yeah, what yeah. What did you yeah. get in trouble I, for? I sold this kid like like hundreds of dollars worth of Pokemon cards at school. <laughs> he had to catch them all. But why is that a problem? I think I think the kid took his... The Mom's kid had money. stolen the money from his parents or something, yeah. Well, that ain't your fault. Well, I don't know that you necessarily got in trouble, but there was, I remember there was a big to-do about it, like having to give the money back or Good something. Good grief. He was a ruthless capital- capitalist <laughs> in elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to be a big-time Pokemon dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Come catch me on the corner. You <laughs> you want that Charizard? <laughs> I never. I don't know nothing about Pokemon. I, I had like baseball cards and stuff, but I never had no. When I was in middle school, I can remember for just a sh- uh, for a little while, Pogs were the thing. I don't know what that is either. Yeah, I remember those Pogs, man. If you, you had, had that heavy one, the Slammer. <laughs> yeah. If you if you had the right Slammer. You were going to take some jokers out. <laughs> you are going to get some pogs, wasn't you? I mean, you are going to take them out. And then Pokemon rolled around, and uh, it was big. You know? Yeah, I think it still is. Is it really? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I never had any understanding of what the the game was or anything like that. But apparently, some of these Pokemon cards were rare. You know, the one, the holographic ones. And like every every pack, you would get all the little minuscule Pokemons, um, Pikachu, and uh, some of these other ones that had hadn't morphed yet. But then, when you got the one that had morphed, and he was hologram, I forget their names, man. But those right there, you get some money for those things. Yeah. Did you know how much you should have been getting for it? Or you I, just? I may have. I don't. The important thing was he didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he knew too. That was probably a fair price. The problem was he stole the money to buy them. <laughs> yeah. So that's my little bit from my old school days. Um. And seriously, I would like to know if anybody else can suck air in their butt. <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe maybe Fleet's listening. 
He may be. I don't know. Uh, I just came out of the bathroom trying to blow hot air into my ear with a with a a blow dryer to get this dang water out of my ear, man. This is going to drive me crazy. We're supposed to hunt this evening. I don't know if I can hunt like this. I ain't going to be able to hear no deer coming. I can't hear nothing. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. You've tried every home remedy in the I've even book. I've even bought that original Swiss, Swiss recipe. I think it's all in your head. I think the water's gone, and you just think it's still he there. Just oh, no, liked, it, he it's just, in my head, all right. He the just water likes is. to go spend money. I mean, he spent probably probably 10 bucks on that for nothing. A bunch of snake oil. I'm having a time over here, boy. I don't know how I'm going to hunt this evening. Chili's sick and tired. Both. Yeah, I got yeah. What's sick and, wrong sick with and you? tired. What's wrong with you anyways? I got three hours of sleep last night. You know I don't like that. I ain't sick though. I'm all right. But my dad was feeling a little sick earlier in the week, so he's passed it on to me. So you are sick? No. What do you think, Blake? I don't know. He's acting strange, but he's always acting strange. Just a different kind of I, I thought he was nervous this morning at the PT. Yeah. PST. Nervous? Yeah, he was over there, and he was just shaking. Like, oh. <laughs> just like this, uncontrollably. Were you cold? Yeah, man, I'm cold. <laughs> I can't quit shaking. Here By it is, the way, 74 degrees in here. Guy was shaking in the coffee shop bad. Oh, dude, let's talk about that. Guy was in there shaking. By the way, if y'all didn't listen to the last episode, Check out the three, new 307 Project PST. Go take it. Post your scores up. I want to see I want to see if y'all can hit these dang standards. Hashtag 307 PST. I want to see what's up with it, man. And after we got done, we went to the coffee shop. And it got wild in there, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it got straight up weird in there. That's a strange atmosphere in those it, coffee it, shops. It is, man. So the coffee shop here in Rome is called Swift and Finch. And I'm sure y'all all notice this when you go in the coffee shop. I've never sat down in a coffee shop and drank my coffee. I go in, get my get my mess, and I leave. Well, today, they ain't a good place to get breakfast in Rome. We got done with PT early because we started real early. We needed some food, so we went down there and got their little mess they had at the coffee shop, if you want to call it breakfast. And we decided to sit down in there. And, and uh, when, you, when you're walking in this place, these people work out of the coffee shop. Yeah. they Like, it is their workplace. It's the strangest thing. They, they write and computer and all this. Yeah, it, they plug up. Yeah. Plug up to the wall outlets. And- is it people that don't have access to the internet or Wi-Fi at home? That That's what I, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, I talk to like Rob, you know, and I'm like, Rob, he's in there all the time. He's in yeah. there for like all day. I'm like, why are you up here, man? Like, why don't you get your office or something? And he claims that he can't work in the quiet. He claims that he's much more productive working in that noisy, chaotic environment. 
I, I don't I don't know. It that's odd. I can't relate to that. So we got our mess and we said we're gonna sit down here and, and eat this here. And we didn't know what the the formalities were. Like when you sit down and eat in a coffee shop, can you talk and cut up and sit with other people? Yeah, because that's another thing. It's not like at a restaurant where you you have your own table. These people are all just sharing tables and it's communal. Yeah, yeah. And so we sit down around this table. There's two girls there that we know who they are. Well, they're having a conversation. Well, we sit down and I'm like, well, dang, are we butting in on on their conversation? Or or what what are we supposed to talk to them? Are we supposed to just sit here and be quiet? What's going on? But then there was another lady there. Shay. Yep. All right. Shay is she is outfitted. She's got latex gloves on and a mask. Did you notice she took all that stuff off? Well, yeah. I by the time it. we left. Yep. But she boy, she was duded up. Uh Looked like she was about to go in the in the operating room. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm a, I don't care. It was funny to me. And, and so, did she start looking at me? Well, we sat right on top of her. I mean. Well, she's sitting over here by I us. know. And then we, we come busting on in and her, she's probably trying to study. Well, you asked her what, you know, what, how you doing? And then remember she had that old flip phone from like look like the early 2000s yeah and i couldn't hear a word she was saying by the way because my ears are clogged up she was looking real close at that and you said what are you studying over there and she said uh, she's studying employment remember yeah and i don't you asked her what kind of employment i don't she didn't never i don't remember what she said uh but then she got to giving them strange looks well, remember we would be talking, and she would she was listening to our conversation, and she was laughing and and doing all kinds of stuff. I, <laughs> that, yeah. that, you know, and, and so look, when you are around me, if you want to get crazy, <laughs> I'm your huckleberry son. I will get right back crazy with you. Shay starts getting a little crazy. Yeah, she was looking at you like. I'm talking about she was giving me some strange Listen, looks. Listen, man, we ain't talking about Johnny Ringo here. She she was... She wasn't right. I, I don't think she was right. Dude, we went and sat down on top of these people, start having this conversation. She should have acted weird. She and, and then you, you started, just said it's communal. Well, I ain't, I don't like that. That ain't for me. Well, don't sit down in the coffee shop then. <laughs> Well, good Lord, I, I, I wasn't going to stand outside. I was about shaking. Well, I'm I'd saying, start why running. would she have a problem with you sitting down next to her in a communal environment? Well, he sat down. We were loud. Oh. She was trying to study. <laughs> well, well, so she just gave up on her studies yeah, and joined in with us. Yeah. And uh, and she was pointing at people across the room, and I'd look <laughs> over there, and, and there wouldn't nothing. really be nothing. I mean, it's like, what, what are you pointing at over there, yeah. you know? and. She started talk. She started doing all these funny things with her hands and acting like people were squirrely. And by by this time, 
she had come off with all of her protective gear and she was just full force <laughs> uh, in her craziness. And, buddy, I, j- I jived right with her, man. <laughs> she told Chili he had the same mannerisms as that other person in there. Yeah, I, I she did that hand thing. Yeah. Yeah, she said that guy across the room serving the coffee. Yeah. I didn't think so, but she was the normal one in this crew, so. I like the fire out of it. Yeah. I mean, if we could have had her on the podcast today, it would have been a number one episode. Well, Kelsey said everybody was looking at us in there, so we must not have been acting typical to you coffee I shop. don't pay attention to that crap. I mean, yeah. why don't we just go do a podcast in there? Well, I think we will one day, just just to aggravate them. No, not to aggravate them, just to... Well, let's go aggravate them. Well... But I think we should go up there and do a podcast. And and people that want to join in yeah. can just, we'll bring an extra mic and we'll set it up there by that empty chair and they can just join in on the podcast. Live podcast. I yeah. don't think anyone will do it, but. I bet they would. Yeah. I guarantee you Shay would jump on in there. You yeah. probably wouldn't get her off once she got going. Yep. I, uh, that, that was just outstanding to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it when people try to challenge me. In an act Well, I believe that that's just probably who she was. I don't believe I she don't was. I don't think she was trying to challenge you there, boss. Thought, this guy's weird. Let me challenge I, him with my weirdness. I love when people try to challenge me in an act of, in a belligerent act in public. Now, you, so you had some people challenging down in Costa Rica that you, you met, Annie up with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The boys and that drug dealer. That drug dealer. Yeah. yeah. That ain't what this was, Hoss. She wasn't trying to match you. She, she just, was feeding off my she, energy. She was just being authentic. She went full she, crazy. She said, you look like you live in the mountains in a wooden cabin. She did say she that. Did say she that. Did. Yeah. I liked her, man. I'm going to have to go down there and see her again one day and hang out with her when I can actually hear Yeah, what she's saying. Uh... I talked to Scott Worthington last night for an hour and a half. Scott, you're probably listening to this podcast. Scott told me uh, last night, he said, you know, every time I go and do a paddle or a row or whatever and I'm training, you know, he's doing a lot of paddling because he's doing the the Yukon 1000, which is a thousand-mile kayak trip down the Yukon River race. And so – he said, every time I get on my rower or whatever, he said, I always turn your podcast on. And he said, I rarely even listen to what y'all are saying. He said, but <clears throat> nobody else sounds like Chad. And I just I just like to hear your voice, man. He <laughs> said, he said, it sounds like I'm sitting in the room with y'all, just <laughs> hanging out, listening to what y'all got to say. He said, I ain't even worried about what y'all are talking about, but I enjoy the podcast. And I said, daggone, I appreciate that, Scott. And now where Scott lives in New Zealand, surely nobody sounds like Chad Wright. Yeah. So I get that. Um, Talked to him for about an hour and a half last night. You know, Scott's a very wise man. Uh, It's Scott is a interesting very close friend of mine he's he's interesting though because he's a very dynamic person he's not a christian he's a, i guess you would say an agnostic he knows the bible um he lives a a very biblical lifestyle has a has a set of morals and values that are all 
in alignment with uh, Scripture. Um, and he possesses a tremendous amount of wisdom. <clears throat> you know, he was talking last night. One thing that he said that impacted me, uh, first off, he was leaving <clears throat> their local they have a, a in New Zealand they have in every town rural towns they have kind of like a local pub all right every town has one and in that pub there's some rooms that you can rent out if you're passing through they have a restaurant and then they usually have a little store just a general store it's like a gas station on steroids essentially but everybody from the rural community will come down and utilize that pub because it's a long drive for them to get back to an actual town out in rural New Zealand. So they have, where Scott moved to now, is even more rural than where they were living in Alexandria. And so they only have this one little shop that they can access. Well, he was leaving the shop because they had a demonstration there that day. And essentially what had happened is the owner of this local shop was required by the New Zealand government to fire her employees that were unvaccinated. Okay? Well, she said, no, I'm not going to do that. Half of my employees have chosen not to be vaccinated. I'm not firing half of my employees, and I'm not checking my customers at the door to make sure they're vaccinated to, in order to come in and use the store. So the government forced her to close down her entire operation. I read that story. Did you really? Yeah, I read it on Sue made a post. Okay. Yeah, they were <clears throat> New Zealand they did a story on it in New Zealand and she uh they actually closed it down the day before the government was going to close it down and she said that she wanted to have say so and when her business closed. So she said, I'm going to close it down Thursday and the government was going to shut them down on Friday. And so they're apparently they're implementing, they it called it the traffic light, uh, program or whatever, where if you're green, you're good. If you're yellow, you can do this. Like if you're unvaccinated, social credit score, you do this and then red, you, you shut the doors. And I guess she was going to be in the red. Yeah. So now they don't have a, yeah, they don't have a, a pub in their local town anymore. Yeah, it said it was like a, I think it was some kind of crazy number, like 112 kilometers before you would get to another store between, you know, in between yeah. the two towns there. Yeah. So so now Scott's got to drive over an hour to get to, um, get to any sort of something where he can purchase anything. So he was leaving that demonstration, but, I mean, de demonstration, I mean... It didn't, didn't do much good. The shop shut down. Um, I, I, they don't have any guns, man. They've give all their they've given all their guns away. Yeah. All they can do is demonstrate, but like a protest. Yeah. Maybe maybe that will work eventually. I, I don't I don't know. Um it's just a good gosh, man. I couldn't believe it when he told me that. Yeah. I asked him, I was like, dude, how are you how are you keeping your sanity, man? Like when this because we think we think it's bad here, 
It's nothing here in comparison to what they're living with. It's coming. They're just ahead. Yeah. I mean, they are they are well advanced. But, again, you guys have heard me say, I, I truly believe the saving grace that we have here in America is, is an armed citizenship. Yeah. And they and Australia and all these other first world countries that are disarmed Holy smokes, dude. Yeah. The tyranny that they are living and being subjected to is just, it's wild, man. So I said, man, how are you losing your, uh, I mean, how are you not freaking just losing it on these people? And he's like, well, you know, I could, but then I would just wind up in jail and he's like, I'm not really any good to anybody if I'm in jail. <clears throat> and he said, you, you know, I'm having to think logically and tactically about this scenario. So he's, he's choosing to play the long game as best he could. <clears throat> and he related it back to Jesus. And I thought there was some legitimacy in what he said. He said, you know, Jesus Christ in his ministry, could have got to the crucifixion much faster if he would have wanted to, if he would have been more radical and just not as tactical. And I have to agree with Scott. He said, you know, Jesus pushed hard and he tre he, he tread heavy when he, when he knew he should, and then he, he would also tread lightly when he knew he should do that. And it was like, a he was tactical in his ministry and brought it to the point he knew it needed to get to before he went to the cross. And he said, you know, he could have got to the cross way sooner, Yeah, but he didn't do that. And so Scott is just kind of relating that to the way he's choosing to, uh, pick his battles in terms of the things that are going on in his nation. Yeah. And I thought, well, I I can see that, man. Yeah, I mean, that's how... You, sh you shouldn't act until it's time to act. Like, you can get frustrated and whatever, but until it's actually time to do something, there ain't even no sense in worrying about it. I mean, you know, pay attention to it, but if it's not time to act, why even waste energy on it? Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, maybe it is time to act over there. I don't know, but it's at that point, it's like, what is the action? Yeah. What do you, what do, you do? We've all got an Alamo. What is your Alamo? The the place where you say, huh, yeah, I ain't budging another freaking inch, son. What is your Alamo? It's different for all of us, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, good conversation. Thank you, Scott, for being such a good friend and loving friend and just a a good voice and perspective in my life. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about, or at least scratch the surface on, the, the church the body of Christ and, and how we meet and the traditions that we practice and the structure of, of the organization. And 
you guys, I think if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen a few posts that I've came out with that are anti the the current structure of what we do. Gathering of the church. Yeah, when we when we gather, right? And I think it I, I want to talk about maybe how it should be done or how it could be done better. I mean, it, we are, uh, th- and this isn't coming from me saying, well, we should be doing it like this. No, we are actually doing it like this. We are implementing these things, okay? So I want to offer up some some options that are working for us and I think are in line in alignment with the first century church. Right, the the church that was left, uh, the body of Christ that was left after the resurrection of Christ in the first century, before it became influenced by humans, essentially. And so, offering that up instead of just coming out and saying, "Well, this is all the things we're doing wrong." How have we actually found what does Scripture say um, about this this topic? Now, church go. I think it starts with language. In my mind, it has to start with the language we use in terms of church. It's important. Words are important. I think even Chile can agree that language is important. <laughs> I think it's 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 a topic for him. Well, yeah, it is. But- um, and so the very fact that we use the words going to church or we ask one another, do you go to church, is a significant problem in terms of how we think about or view the church. Okay? The church, the word church, is representative of the body of Christ, right? Can we agree upon that? It's a living body of people on earth. Can we agree upon that? Yes. Okay. I, I believe that's script, scripturally when 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 scripture references the church, it's rep, it's referencing the body of Christ, believers in Christ on earth. How can you go to something that is a, a a living body of people it's it's i mean i'm before i say this i'm trying to work out in my own mind as if i haven't already tried for a long time how big of a problem that is because basically you have a problem that church is used as like it has two different definitions that people use, basically. Like it's used as the body of believers, and it's also used as like a place that people go to. So it's not like they're saying, "Oh, I go to the," you know. They're not using it in the same way. I mean, it, it's basically a word with two different meanings. Is but but is that a problem? Is really the well, it's two different meanings. One meaning was the original and the intended meaning. 
this this other meaning and the way it's used, I would say in a in a much more frequent manner, it's used to describe a place, which is a meaning that humans have put upon the word. It's not the actual meaning. Well, I mean, humans have put me- the meaning on every word. Well, but it's I not. I mean, that's a, language. This is a an, scriptural matter, though. This is a matter an, that's defined by scripture. But it's not an issue of that it has too many. It's where it leads now that it does have too many. It's the problem that it causes. If, right. if it weren't, more, weren't causing these problems, then. The issue of calling, go, saying going to church, nobody would care because there would be no issue in. Well, I mean, and your point about that. like how the basically the Bible defined that word. I mean, th- that's that's a tricky argument for how language was developed. I mean, things. <sighs> well, go look at the word no, church I, I, in context of Scripture, everywhere in Scripture, and it is never used to d- to describe well, a place a physical well right place. so we had to come up with a word to describe that that's called a, a gathering or or a meeting or so you a, sh- i mean or i'm just saying like, i'm just saying like how should you name it then like you know how do you name the building i mean they named yeah. them well, you know first baptist church i mean I, I i'm just saying like i agree language is important but it's also hard to like what do you name it then well the question is should there even be a building should there even be a church building? So this leads us in, I think, okay. to the next topic of this. Um, we have now, in, in current society, and probably for the last couple hundred years, decided to uh, build structures that are that serve as a place for Christians to come and meet. All right. Should we do that? Now, I think we should, when we ask this question, go back again and look at what was the church doing in the beginning, before it was influenced by generations of theology and, and, and pagan ideals and people. Well, first of all, we don't have the place or the right to say what we should do. Like we don't. Exactly. So yeah, get we're, that up we're, front. We're trying to really take it take an account of what we have, what we can see through scripture, um, and and go back to those origins, right? Because that I think is the closest that we can get to what it was meant to be. In scripture, when we look at the first century church <coughs> in every occasion they were meeting in homes um now people can say those are buildings well yeah but there's it's it's a home a home is different than than building a structure that is solely used for the purpose of christians coming together it made it more convenient so here's here's one of the one of the things that i would pose to why this is causing problems the structure of, of the building. Not only has it caused us to identify the church with a structure, which is a problem, going back to the language in the first place, but what is actually happening is we as Christians, when we go to church, that is our spiritual life, right? It's separate from this society it's a separate place right 
So we're going to this place, and while we're there, it's a spiritual thing. Now, when we leave there and go back home, we're kind of back in our secular life, right? There, there's a it, it it creates a it creates a separation between our everyday life that we live and our time with God. Well, whose fault is that? I I. I would place the blame on the individual. Well, okay, it may be the individual's fault, but can we solve that problem by having our meetings at home? I think it could help, but but it it I I mean I have to agree with Chile. I think it's a heart issue, not because you're trying to if you try to change things to correct people's behavior, then. It, like it's the whole gun issue. If you try to take guns away from because people are killing people, then they're gonna go kill them with a knife because it's a hard issue, not a gun issue. Would that help with that? Maybe yeah, it may do it. But I, I think that it would. I think that it would help, kind of make your your time with God and worship and fellowship and all that. If it happens in the home, I think that it would make it feel like more of a part of your day-to-day life, right? Of, only for of the who people. you are. What about the people that are coming to that location don't live there? Well, I, this is the next thing. Here's the limiting factor with meeting in a home. If we want to have a church meeting in this house right here, we're only going to be able to, to have people. Eight or ten people. Yeah, eight or ten people, and it's going to, hopefully be people right here other christians that are right here in this area right yeah and and the home doesn't have to be the same home every time it could it could go it could switch it could do whatever right so people say well what the heck man how how is this going to work there's say here in georgia which is a a, we have a largely a, a large population of christian people here how how are you saying we can all meet in a home? That's impossible. There's there's not room for that. I think the beautiful thing about structuring our meetings in that way is that it has to it has to stay small. So if you start a, a meeting of of believers, a meeting of the body of Christ in a home, it can grow, but it can only grow to a certain point. Because yeah. then you're going to run out of room. So then what has to happen? It has to split. And somebody has to start in their home, yeah. right? And so instead of having the centralized location where hundreds or sometimes thousands of Christians are coming together under this centralized place, it's split up into it's it's split into all of these smaller meetings. I really like that in terms of how it relates. How how do we look at government? How do we feel about government? Anytime anything, anytime any structure, uh, uh, people coming together is what I mean. Structure of people. Anytime it gets too big, what the crap happens? 
It all goes to crap, yeah. right? It all goes to crap. We see it happening in in in, in the governmental structure of America with the federal government becoming yeah. too large. That's the reason the nation is split into 50 states. That's the reason for that. Well, likewise, I have to believe that a gathering, the church gathering, when it becomes too big, it is necessary for it to split over and over and over again in order for their... Uh, you, Everything, everything is better. The smaller you can keep that, everything is going to be better. Accountability is going to be better. Relationships is going to be better. Contributions are going to be better. Everything, you can't hide. When you're meeting in a house with 10 people, you are going to be expected to contribute. Yeah. I, I just think it's, it's a wonderful model. It's, it's the scriptural model. I also think that it is... Well, the best model. I, I will say, to say it's the scriptural model, they had no choice. What society has turned into is we don't live in small communities anymore. We live, we're very spread out. We have ginormous communities, huge populations. We don't live in that that, that type of lifestyle anymore. So it, 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 what, it, what it did is it created a way for people to meet it. It was more, honestly, the way church meetings are done now was more of a product of just how life developed over the years than, I mean, I mean, I think it, it, another, another problem is what, what, what you're trying to get at is it being like something you do, it's a part of your life, not not all of your life, basically. Like, you just go once a week to a set schedule worship service mm -hmm. and then go home. Mm -hmm. Well, one fix to that is it's not just a part of your life. You view it as, I mean, it, it's it's all of your life. It's, it's encompassed by every moment that you live, not just a part of what you do in the week. And so, yeah, one way that that would be different is like if you had it in the homes and you could you didn't have to set it for a certain one day of the week at this time you could be you know and i think you could also do that in the church but it'd be easier in the homes i mean i don't know I, i'm overloaded with thoughts with what you've just put out but so the next that kind of leads us into the next topic so now we've suggested up to this point my suggestions uh and i think scriptural suggestions is to change the language never again ask somebody if they go to church and never say you're going to church because that's actually impossible well what should you say then are you going to i'm going the church to, meeting uh, the church meeting <laughs> that's that is much better than saying i'm going to church yes and uh second scriptural model and also our suggestion is to keep the gathering small enough to have it in a home and as it grows split and have it in a home oh. and decrease that separation between who you are at home and who you are at the church building. That was one question. A lot of, uh, I used to call it church house anyway, but a lot of church institutions, whatever you want to call it, um, they have small groups now where they meet in the home. Yeah. They are still so, so under just, the umbrella of 
the main the the main church well, that you, they're, they're under the umbrella of that one. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just curious. Like, I, I don't. Know I how, think small groups are great. Like, I, I think, I think it. I think small. The small group idea is the idea. The reason that church buildings and, and organizations are promoting the small group is because it freaking works, man. But here's the thing with small groups: because most people that attend a small group identify with their Sunday morning service as their main their main meal they treat the 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 dang small group like oh well i'm just here because they told me to be here it, it, they're Once not again, into is, it is man. that an individual problem well it i think it's an individual problem created by the circumstance yes i do all right i'm going this is going to lead me in oh another great thing about keeping about having the meeting of the body of Christ in home is guess what? The body of Christ doesn't have to fund the maintenance of billions of dollars worth of pointless freaking infrastructure scattered across the face of the earth. What, how much money are you, are we as the body of Christ wasting to maintain purchase or build infrastructure that is it's just such a waste of resources that we have within the body of christ in my opinion let's talk about this this idea real quick of the structure that we currently have listen i ain't agreed or disagreed with nothing you've said i'm just trying yeah. to help Here, you clarify your stance here's the next thing i want to bring up the current model that we have, when we go to the church building, we have essentially a clergy, if you want to call it. We have deacons, we have a pastor, we have a youth pastor, we have these people, right, that are in charge, right, of everything, whether it's of every aspect. We have a music team. We have all these people that are trained and they're in charge. And then we have the lay people that are sitting in the pews facing the, the speaker. Uh, it's not conducive to any anyone contributing to whatever the conversation is. All right? Look, man. The scriptural model is for every member that shows up to the meeting to contribute to the body of Christ. That is the scriptural model. If you come, you should want to contribute, whether it is a song, whether it is a poem, whether it is a prayer, whether it's a testimony, whether it's something that that you, uh, some teaching that you have, but everyone should contribute. Now, in terms of uh, if we kept the same model and we were going to meet at one of these large church buildings that we now own all over the world, uh, why not set the chairs up in a circular fashion where the body of Christ can all contribute 
to the edification of each other and the praise and worship and understanding of Scripture. Like, I do have a question. When you say the scriptural model, what exactly are you referring to? I'm, I was wondering the same. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, it was, like, what exactly? It was I'm not Paul. Uh, I'll disputing have you, but I, I, I have not. Yeah, you should have chimed in earlier. If I'd let you, you probably could have, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not real sure what he's, what you're referring to. I mean, I can think of a lot of examples of churches done wrong where Paul is writing letters to the churches of <clears throat> things that they're doing. I don't, I don't even know that I would say structurally wrong more personally. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a worthy question. Yeah, I will have to... Um... I don't have time right now to look up this verse. Um, I think it's in First Corinthians. Um, so there's a letter there. I mean that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this, so that, that the verse that I'm referencing was in this book that I've been reading, uh, where Paul essentially is speaking to one of the the bodies of Christ out in whatever town, Corinthians or whatever, whichever letter it was. And he's telling them that when you guys come together, everyone should contribute, whether it's a, a poem, a song, a teaching, whatever it is. I'll have to find that scripture for you guys, but that is a that is a, a scriptural precept, yeah. essentially, um, which does not happen. Also, how does it make how does it make the body of Christ feel when you when you're Basically, your responsibility is to come and sit in a pew during the, the, the church meeting, and you've got someone there that it is their job. You think it's their job to do what you should be doing as a member serving the body of Christ. Every one of you that know Jesus Guess what? Guess what you have the authority to do? You have the authority to teach the word of God. Actually, you're commanded to teach the word of God. You well, are commanded to baptize people. You are you have the authority to do everything that you look to this pastor to do. I will say on the teaching, it the Bible says not all of you should be teachers. And so everybody should share the gospel, but I don't know that. I mean, well, I guess it's a matter of. That's the great commission from Jesus. Yeah. He says, go as you go, baptize these people, teaching them in all things that I have commanded you. Yeah. So <clears throat> we all have a responsibility to do these things that we're looking to this pastor to do. Yeah. Right. You know, the whole model of um, of being a pastor, I, I don't I don't even know to me personally, that is that's not even freaking sustainable, man. You're just creating a bunch of people that are depending on you to do what they should be doing as members of the body of Christ. Well, I think it's it like pastor versus preacher right a preacher gets up there and does that every sunday if a pastor is doing his job he should be the lpo so to speak of his of the people that are meeting there congregation it, should there only be <laughs> yeah, one don't say that 
Should there only be one? For well, a lot of times, there's not. I mean, just I, one. I don't know. It's Sometimes like, there is. St- certainly, back in the day, you know, if you're 50, thinking of years ago. organization and structure, should there only be one LPO on the battlefield? I mean, if you're relating, you know, looking at things as far as how it is organized, because not everybody is. There are people that are not leaders. And that's where the body comes in. Certain people are good at certain things, so maybe there should be more than one, but it's certainly not going to be everybody. No, it's not going to be everybody, but would it look better if you had a group of believers that met together? Would it Would it maybe work better if you had a group of elders that basically had that task of oversight? Not one man, not called a pastor, not called a preacher, but a group of elders that performed that or, or were responsible for, for that task, yeah. right? A, a lot of, I mean, some churches are set up that way anyways with deacons and stuff to where they are the sort of system of checks and balances to the pastor or preacher or whatever you want to say, where he's the face of it and the one making the decisions and then the other people are checking that decision to make sure that it's it's yeah, kosher I mean, but with any human it's going to get flawed yep, and imp- yep. imperfect. Yep. But yeah. going back to smaller groups, it's less human and hmm. less humans present and so therefore less imperfection per group. Now overall uh you're still going to have the same amount of people, right? There's going to be the same amount of people probably attending those things, but but with smaller numbers and smaller groups, there's less error for imperfection per each. Well, I'll say too. Meeting. I'll call you out again. This conversation will be helped a lot if you you have an aversion whenever I tell you, you need to study church history and back to the origins of everything. No, I have been studying that. I know. I can tell you're starting to. You you need to. I mean, like I need to do more. But it's it helps to understand, especially what's burdening you right now with the problem with because it helps understand how we got here Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think we all need to continue to do that because some of these things we're bringing up it's like it's been thought about and debated for thousands of years but you know many hundreds so well so there's a the book that i've been studying uh over the last probably two weeks somebody sent it to me i don't know somebody on this podcast or from instagram or whatever it's called pagan christianity and it does exactly what you're talking about, Chili. It goes back to the origins of of where did the the word pastor or preacher even come from? Where did the the clergy come from? Where did the this Eucharist, uh, the the Lord's Supper, how did that get to be what it is today? All it goes through all that stuff, even down to the very architecture of modern church buildings and and goes through and how that Catholicism and the Protestant Reformation and goes everything. through all that talks so, about so Calvin it talks about uh, all the Ref- reformation and all that stuff and it, it's just it's it's absolutely one of the most interesting things that I've ever looked back into and been able to study the roots of these things you know and so we're just barely scratching the surface on this stuff now the way we do meetings, uh, uh, this this is one thing that 
I see not that not that we do everything right. By no means do we do everything right. But the way that we do meetings is we have a group, usually eight people. Now I'm talking about meetings when we go out on the basic course, um, when we do resurrected, whatever. Uh, we have a group of people. We, we start with some topic or conversation or thought revolving around Scripture. We sit in a circle. We, we might take some time to ponder that or we might not. But essentially, everyone is expected to and willing to contribute to the meeting or the conversation. Even the way that we run resurrected, we come at it with whatever is, I'll come at it if I'm teaching whatever's on my heart, whatever God has has given, has revealed to me, I'll come, come to the meeting with that. I'll spend maybe 20, 30 minutes on that. And then we have conversation where everyone within that body has the opportunity to contribute. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be on the same topic. Um, even in terms of how we pray, when we pray, a lot of times we all pray together as one. It's not one person praying for the entire group, right? And I see this working this this works powerful it, it is absolutely powerful it works and it's not playing on anyone's emotions there's no change of music and lights and smoke and we don't know usually a lot of these meetings were cold beat and miserable and it and it change people change in the matter of one or two meetings. And so it works. And I don't I don't see that I I don't know. I just see it working, which is why I'm so adamant about putting this out as a as a suggestion for how we can meet as the body of Christ. Well, and I would say, too, that like Chili mentioned about small groups meeting within churches, like even though... How, how have your small groups worked for you, man? What, I mean, I mean, what, what, what happens when you try to have a small group? I, I've tried to be a part of a, of a few of them. What, what, what happens, man? People come and they go. Nobody wants to contribute. But it, there it, again, it's a hard... That's what I'm saying is that when you come together as a in your scenario. As a small All group, I can speak from is my experience. You have the authority to go do things. You don't have to ask your pastor or your preacher, "Hey, we want to do this. Um, what do you think?" If you come together with a group of other Christians and believers and followers of Jesus, and you guys see that something needs to be done, you should be look. I mean, you're you should know things that need to be done. So go out and do them as your group, and it doesn't have to be under the banner of the First Baptist Church of or Murchy or Rome or whatever it is, wherever you're at, it does it's just under the banner of Jesus. And 
if you're not showing up regularly, if you're falling off, not participating, it's a problem with yourself. It's it the church may the way that the church is done now. I don't know. I mean, nobody can say that that caused it or it didn't. I think it it can be a hindrance. But in the end, it's people not being responsible for their own self and applying themselves. If they see the problem, then they should be stepping up just like you are and saying, hey, I don't like the way that this is ran. Uh, What do you think if we met like this? Because I think a lot of people here have some things that they want to share during the meeting and bringing these topics up. But I'll say, too, to what Blake's saying, who is to blame ultimately for this? The church is. Oh, yeah. And when I say the church is, I mean the body of believers are are responsible for how church, in air quotes, is done now. I mean, it didn't just happen. Yeah. (laughs) Christians have turned it into this. I mean, that, that, you know, that, that's, it got to the way it is because people did it. It's a, you know, it it all is going to come back to people messing it up, like, this is how everything happens. Yeah, Any orga- everything. Anything that's organized, it starts out great. It, gr- it it starts to grow because it's great, and it gets big, and it's no longer great for the reasons that you mentioned, and then it collapses. And then some people think, ah, let's start this up this way, and and let's, let's rebuild it, and it starts back small again. And you can look, go read the Old Testament, and that's how every, every story in the Old Testament is that way. It's a good nation. And then it turns into crap and falls apart. And then someone else picks it up. And it's a good nation and it gets big and falls to crap. But to say that you got a bunch of small ones, people are, are they're going to mess that up too. Oh, yeah. They're going to mess it up, but it's a lot easier to yeah. fix when it's smaller. And so that's the reason we're having this. This conversation for me is not about condemnation. It's about legitimately trying to think about how we can how we as the body of Christ can do this better better more more in alignment with how it was designed to be done okay looking at scripture mm-hmm. and saying how 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 was this designed to be done and and really looking at that through an honest lens so it's not a condemnation you know you talk about <coughs> pastors out here they have a really freaking hard job man and a lot of them are really good people. It, just because the model is, I think, scripturally incorrect and detrimental to the body of Christ doesn't mean that that person serving as a pastor is a bad person. He's just doing what he knew to do, right? Mm-hmm. That He's working within the structure of the way the body of Christ is structured now. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do with this conversation is say, it it is it is my experience that today where we are and, and in America is all I can speak for. Um the way we come together as Christians is not it's it's not really working. It's it's well, just I, I mean I just the times that I have been to a church meeting, there was really, this is my personal experience. 
I can't think of a single time that I actually wanted to go. And, man, it just seems dead to me. Well, what you it do, just seems dead. Well, the the other things you're you've talked about were church meetings, like the basic courses. That's really well, what I, it is. I mean. I mean the the tradi- the traditional structure of a church meeting. You know. Okay, so even then, isn't it on people to either? I mean, basically, it's on people to do things different. Yeah, exactly. So. But we got to think about how can we do it different? How well, should we do it different? Well, you ha- you have shown how you can do it different. I mean, that you have. is that doesn't mean it's perfect. No, but you have shown that. So, I mean, at this point, you know, I don't know that people are even looking to do it different. No, th- I mean, there's not enough people who, who care. It's the same thing that's happening here in America, that there's not enough people who care who are actually going to go do something to change or do anything different. And it's... I think it's the same thing in the church. There's not enough people to say, "Hey," and, and you shouldn't split. I, I, that's my opinion. I don't. I mean, you can talk about group size or whatever. PN was talking about, you know, hey, it's it's kind of similar to when the Baptists split and other denominations, but it it's not a difference of belief, which is why I think some well, of those was. people. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. This is not a difference of belief in what the Bible says. It's a difference of belief in how it should be done, not like truth discrepancies where I interpret the Bible this way versus you. This is like, I think we could be more effective this way. But I don't know that there's enough people who want to put the energy into it in the church to say, hey, I'm raising my hand here. We need to we need to do something. I mean, here. back to the overarching point, you know why you've had such a different experience with the people that we've gotten to be around and stuff is because the quality of people is different. Yeah. I mean, why do you think it's a different? I mean, yeah, you're doing it in a different way, but also it, at the end of the day, like you said, resurrected. And and when you take groups out, it's just a small group done in a different setting in a different way. Like it could easily go to crap. Like you said, if the people don't care, if they don't, you're having a high caliber of people when you do these things. I think that's the difference. I think a lot of people that go to traditional church meetings, like you say, I mean, they're not, it, it's, it's checking off a, a box, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they're not in, they don't care. Basically. I mean, people, so you're telling me we're screwed. No, I, I'm th- saying, <laughs> I'm saying as usual, this could be summed up in a very simple statement that, People are the core issue. People's hearts are the core issue. That's what has to change. And that's what we should focus on changing is the people's hearts. And and that's what Chad's saying is the yeah. people's hearts are wrong. And here are some ideas that could potentially help yeah. steer that in the right well, direction. Well, it, it it can almost sound like Chad's saying that these are the these are the issues. We fix them, and the problem's fixed. And in saying the issue is what he's changing, but those are symptoms of the people's hearts being wrong. And yep. by doing it this way, then that could help them see that the issue is their heart. That's the thing. You want right? the structure to change. 
you have to change people's hearts first. Yeah. The structures will change as a result of people's hearts changing. It yeah. just will. You don't even have to focus on like, oh, well, how should we organize this and group this? That'll happen once people's hearts are in the right place. Mm-hmm. But it's, That'll just happen. It's worth bringing to light because yeah. people get sucked into this and they think, man, this is how my dad did. This is what my grandparents did. And as far as I can remember, this is what what was done. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And when they feel disconnected, they think it's them. And, and, and it is. They're not putting forth the effort. But in what other ways can church members serve other church members better, right? I mean, I think that's what we're talking about. Is, yeah, and, and I think I just also feel the need to share with people that I see this model working very yeah. well in, in our own ministry. And also, I, I think I feel the need to share with people that I am not educated by the uh, seminary school or, or I, I'm not um, ordained. I'm not. All of that is man made. Every bit of that is man made. Yeah. You do not need to be ordained to share the word of God, to teach the word of God. You do not need to be go to seminary to be an elder of a group of believers that meet together. Well, you, that is that that's all man-made. Every aspect of the structure of church is man-made though. I mean that that's where you're going to get into difficulty trying to structure it in any way. I mean like you talked about the the model that's you know, but still any type of structure you try to place to it to organize things and make it run smoother, it is man-made. I mean, and it's ultimately not going to be perfect. You know, like other than what Scripture tells us. Well, but it doesn't provide structure in that type of way. Yeah, like it's just the core basic of it, which is really what you should get back to. Is like to have basically no structure. It's just your life. Yeah. Like if it was your life, I mean, basically when Paul's writing that to the the church, the believers in Corinth I mean yeah they met but they met like all the time yeah I mean it, they didn't meet on Sunday well that's what I'm I'm you sitting know. here thinking about like like they you, were just living together you watch chosen and like Jesus is in the people's house just talking about the gospel and then like the whole the whole town comes out there right so what what if you just go to the coffee shop and you sit down and you got three or four bo- guys got whatever people over there talking about Jesus. That's a church meeting. Is anyone else yeah. going to come over there and, and you know, potentially draw a whole crowd? And they say, man, listen to these people over here talking about Jesus. And that that's a meeting of the church, yeah, that's, right? That's it, every day. Yeah. And, I like that. At, at any point that you, that you start to say, hey, we're going to meet at my house on this day at this time, then you've just put structure to, and, to and, it. And, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I mean that creates a way for people to. But yeah, that, you've that, got that's a, not everything. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's at I, least opened up the can. Yeah, I mean that's what I that's that's what I wanted to talk about, and I do want to recommend that book, Pagan Christianity, to you guys. If you, I don't know the author, look it up. I'm sure you can find it. I'm sure there's only one. Obviously, you know some of the things in the book are generalized, and I'm sure Chili would make an argument against. 90% of the points in there, but, uh, you know, there are also some good things in there that can at least prompt thought for you and, and give you courage to 
um, look into scripture and understand yeah. that you don't have to do things within the confines of the way, the traditional way of doing things. Um, so I wanted to, to just hit that, man. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying that we don't, we're educating ourselves on this as we go. We don't claim to have the answers. We don't claim that everything we said on here is the way that it should be done. What we're saying is that we've seen some issues and here are some ideas that we have that might make it better. And so I just don't want someone to listen to this and say, either take it for the gospel and say, hey, this is how it needs to be done. Well, we I've haven't heard really, it on the 307 podcast. We haven't podcast. said how it should be done. Well, we've, we've, we've mentioned given options. Some, I mean, yeah, but I just like to make these things clear <laughs> that either way, you can't, it, it's not the gospel and it's not totally wrong. We're sitting on here having a raw conversation you, and, about what we yeah. feel and think. And you all have the gospel. Yeah. You've got it. And you have the the model of how it should be done, right? Yep. You you have that to avail yourself to. Yep. But you need to go in and read God's word as he describes and depicts the first century church and how they interacted. You need to read those things with a mind of okay, how do how is this applied? Yeah. Right? Don't read them as a story. Read them as okay, this is the model that's presented to us. Now how is this applied? Yeah. It's also interesting to me that, you know, the early church didn't have the the New Testament. I mean Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just kind of interesting. Like yeah. those letters we're reading they were receiving them in real time. Yeah. From Paul, you know, so it's just I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. Like it you get kind of an insight into how things are being done when they didn't even have those books to study. They were writing it. Yeah, I mean in their time. Does that book go through the uh councils? Any early church councils? Yeah, it does. It, it does uh, all the I don't know about all of them, but it it references multiple different ones, yeah. Well, we're going to wrap it up on that. Hopefully that gave you some food for thought. Uh, if you got anything out of it, share it, man. Uh, we depend on you guys for the show to grow. We can All we can really do is sit down and have these conversations and record them and put them online for you guys to listen to. Um, in order for the word to get out, you guys have got to help us with that. So we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you sharing the show with somebody you love and care about. Uh Enough said.